said it so well, the willingness of God is greater than we could ever imagine. He wants to do it so bad. He wants to heal, deliver, set free with such a passion and a love for His creation. But we determine whether we receive that or not by the things of yesterday or what we're going through today. And all it would take is just that surrender that just says, God, I can't do it no more. One way or the other, we're going to get to that place. I say I'd rather get to it now and just say, God, I surrender. Before life has to get harder and difficulties got to come, it don't have to be that way. It don't have to be that way. I want to reiterate the announcements Brother Fontenot did. He did well, but... Monday night prayer. Tomorrow night, don't forget, we've got prayer here at the church, 7 o'clock. And he mentioned about this staff meeting. Uh, every staff member, substitute teachers, ushers, if you're on the list with the usher staff of Brother Butch, uh, everybody be here. We've got some important information I've got to get to everybody. And you're going to save us a lot of labor in trying to track people down to get papers signed and on and so forth. So I'm asking if at all possible, be here for it so we can get this part of the administration side of it done, closed out, and we're through and we can move on to having revival in Indian Village. Everybody say amen. Sunday school, you're dismissed. also said the fast we're in a church wide fast seven days uh, we're also abstaining or refraining from media uh, social media any any type of media that is not uh, used for business purposes emails I understand but uh, email uh, other things that take us away and, and the purpose of this when you study the word fast it's real simple word means abstaining from food and we put the word fast with other things but it's abstinence is what you're doing you're pushing away and uh, we're, we're definitely abstaining from food scripture bears this out I'll talk a little bit more about it maybe tonight Wednesday uh, but the other aspect is is we're abstaining from other distractions and uh, the purpose for that is is fasting deals with your flesh and if we can get our flesh out of the way then in turn, the spirit man can have communion with God through the word of God, the preached word of God, and our own prayer. And uh, the Bible bears this out as it being very profitable uh, for us to do these things in our walk with God. I've talked to some people and they've, you know, fasting is so far into the, uh, I, I know even 
other denominations that this is a part of there as well. I think God's trying to reinstate this again, especially the apostolics. This is not something I have to do. This is something I get to do that will help me in my relationship with God. So we call a church-wide fast. This isn't, well, I got to do it because look at what Pastor did. Uh, no, 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 no. Shame on you for that. This is something that we are bringing attention to that we can better, better be positioned for what God has for you and I. And I'm excited about it. I, I miss the part about not eating. I ain't kidding you now. We're all human. But uh, I'm excited about what God's going to do for us and then closing it out towards the end of the week. If you got your Bibles, Luke chapter 17. Brother Ron, I'm probably going to camp right here. So this will be the scriptures. If you'll just have them uh, with me here and up there on the board throughout, I don't think I'll... I'll deviate much for for media uh, to put something else on there. Luke chapter 17 and starting with verse 11. Luke 17 and verse 11. And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. They lifted their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go shew yourself or show yourself to the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. And fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus answered, said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God. Save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. This is a familiar scripture. I've preached from it before. But I felt the Lord begin to deal with me this week, towards the end of the week, on a different little perspective on this story of these ten lepers and the one giving thanksgiving and wholeness. But I, I want to talk to you here today from the simple thought, the miracle of wholeness. The miracle of wholeness. If you would, lift your hands and ask God to talk to us today. Jesus, we need your help today. God, I'm just a man, a feeble servant, but I'm asking you today to use my lips, what you've put in my heart, through your word. Let it be conveyed with a clarity and an understanding. God, I'm asking and I pray for your people that they receive it with a heart of acceptance and the word of God, that we see it as the internal truth. And that you would help us today by revelation and understanding. God, I ask you today, don't let it just be another sermon. But help it to be the message that you intended for it to be for this hour. And this people, I pray in Jesus' name we pray. God bless you. You may be seated. I, I recently came upon a, a book, written, wrote, some of you elders may have heard of him, Brother Kenneth Reeves old-time pioneer apostolic preacher back from Indiana 
uh, all through the, the North Main and on and so forth. And in the book, Brother Reeves, it's actually sermons that he uh, preached, but it's not in sermon form. It's more of a story, and they, I guess, uh, typed it up as he began to, to say it. It was more the message itself. But just one statement that was bore out in that message was, he said, we need deliverance to come to the church again. And I began to look at that, and that's something I have been a proponent of in believing. And you, you say, what do you mean? Uh, I, I touched on this a little bit a couple Wednesdays ago when it talks about Jesus saying, if you continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and the truth shall set you free. And, and the understanding of that is, is you can come to God and get an understanding of God and obey the gospel message, but still be bound by things of your past, things of yesterday, situations. We start throwing in familiar spirits and generational curses that Calvary breaks when you and I receive the Holy Ghost. But yet, those mindsets and thought processes are still a part of us. This is where sanctification, regeneration comes in, together working hand in hand to ultimately separate us from the past and bring us into a closer relationship with God. This is what living for God is all about. That I separate more of things that, that keep me from God and I acquire things or learn ways of coming closer to God in proximity to Him. That whatever it is I need deliverance of in my mind or my heart or my thinking, then God, I need deliverance to come to the church. And I believe in this end time there is going to be a strong hand of deliverance. It's very wearisome for you and I to come to church and not get what we need from God in a breakthrough in our spirit. I'm not talking about things that we're going to live if we don't get it. We come to God with needs of this and that. I need something from God. I need this to happen. But really, when you look at it at the end of the day, you don't really need it. You want it. The needs are going to be met. Wants, not always so. But where there's a need for somebody to walk with God in a relationship and they're struggling with something in their mind or their heart or their spirit, God is ready to deliver that person from that ailment of the mind and of the spirit that there could be wholeness to that individual, that they walk with God in faith and a relationship with God. The battle that you and I face is ourself. It's our own measuring stick of what we think should be or should not be. Start with verse 11, Brother Ron. You have a man here, ten men, lepers. Leprosy is what we common, we, we know what leprosy is. It's, a, it's an infection. Back then, they didn't think it was curable. It's curable. But leprosy is a bacteria that affects the body naturally. And in it, you begin to break out with sores. In the Old Testament and New Testament, that anything with leprosy had twofold meaning. One, it's the physical sickness that they faced. And in it, when they began to break out with sores, if it went untreated, which typically it did, they would begin to lose members of the body. They would lose an eye. They would lose a finger. They could lose, a, uh, especially the fingers. They would begin to lose these parts and apparatuses of the body. 
But the main, the main thing about leprosy was, was not so much that because, yeah, you, you're losing these digits and that's important. But it was, the, it was the being ostracized from society. They could not be a part of society. They could not be in the flow of it. They lost their position. They lost their family. They lost everything. And many times what would happen is, is they would cling together. This is what you have here. You got typically, it's known that there are nine of these that are Jews and you've got one Samaritan. Basically different nationalities, but yet they all could get along. Why is it we're all the same faith, but we can't get along? I'm waiting on everybody to catch you up. Y'all still eating breakfast or something? I don't know. These guys were different, but yet misery loves company. They're all together because they're going through the same plight. It's a, it's a testimony of you and I in our humanity. There are things that you and I are going through that we're going through the same things. But yet somehow the enemy finds a way to ostracize us from each other when really we need to look at this and say, we've got all one common ground. I'm trying to make heaven. And I'm not going to make it harder for you. I'm not going to make it harder for you. But I tell you what, let's work through this instead of giving up and quitting. So Leprosy has a physical manifestation. But it also has a spiritual manifestation application scripture talks about leprosy speaking of sin as I give you this what I feel in my heart today I want you I'm not going to qualify and go back you interchangeably put it in the place if you need a physical miracle today then God's here to heal that if you've got sin in your life then God's here to take care of that too. It doesn't matter what you and I face. Calvary already purchased all of it. And if I can turn to him in obedience, then God can do the miracle. And you got ten lepers, and Jesus shows up. Came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria to Galilee. To get there, he went through the outer skirts of Samaria. Jesus never does anything by accident. He never goes somewhere that he did not intend to go. He knew where he was going and he knew what he was doing because there's a deeper meaning than just the healing of a bunch of lepers. There are lepers everywhere in Samaria. There were lepers in Galilee. Why didn't he go to these other cities? Because God knew there's a specific message I got to get across to the people that when I go to Samaria, I'm going to find something in somebody that's going to teach somebody how to worship me, how to serve me. Next verse. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten that were lepers which stood afar off. See, here they've already begun to categorize themselves. Isolated, apart. We've got physical leprosy. I, 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 I'm not a part of society. And they stood at distance. See, when you understand why you and I were created, you can begin to understand this scripture a little bit more. See, God created man in his image. He created man with the intent to have fellowship with that man. He created man and he created woman whole. There was no sin in them. There was no sickness in Adam and Eve. They were in complete 
and unfettered, unrestrained communion between them and God. This is why people don't get the miracle of wholeness. Because they don't understand the way God... God didn't create you for your own. He created you to have relationship with Him. He created you to be somebody. And man messed everything up. That's why you've got domestic abuse. You've got molestation. You've got verbal abuse. You've got kids being isolated. You've got kids being abandoned. You've got families broken up. You've got divorce rampant. You've got drug addiction. Folks, that's all the works of man. That's not the works of God. But if God can find somebody in the midst of all of that and say, God, I want to return back to wholeness. I want to be in relationship with you. God can recover you from whatever happened to you when you were a kid, from whatever you're going through now but the problem this is why I started with what brother Reeves said we do need deliverance and I'm not saying discipline there's a will in every man that has to make a decision and take a step but what I'm here to declare today, what I feel so strong in the Holy Ghost, is if you'll take a step today by your own will and say, God, I, I want to make this right with you. I, I want to turn to you with an open heart. God, I, I know I messed up a lot yesterday, but I need something new that I've never had before. I need you to help. There's a hand of deliverance that will move in this building today that it doesn't matter what your past was. God can break that off of you. It doesn't matter what man did to you. God can heal Heal that mind and restore your spirit and make you whole today. And ten lepers are in the village. They're far off. They, in essence, represent the fall of Adam. The mess up. Him and Eve. It was Adam's fault, not Eve's fault. I'll never ascribe to that. We always put the blame, Sister Bush, now on the lady. She ate the fruit. No, it was never her fault. It was that man's fault. Because he didn't occupy the position he should have had in that home. If he would have been in his place, his wife wouldn't have been deceived. But because he wasn't in his place, he was out playing around. I don't know what he was doing. But he wasn't where he was supposed to be. And because of that, the whole uh, genealogy of mankind falls into a dismal spiral of darkness because he wasn't in his position and wholeness now is lost and we got people coming to churches and church services and praying and asking God for miracle after miracle and really the miracle that's the greatest of all is that we could be made whole in our mind in our spirit in our heart that we could have a true relationship with God and not some pseudo-religious experience. I'll talk about it. Let's go to the next verse, Brother Ron. And they lifted their voices and said, Jesus. They had a knowledge of Him, but not experiential knowledge. They knew Him by name, but they didn't know Him by relationship. They knew that He was the one that could do it. And when they call him master, the original Greek word for that comes from this definition or means this definition, chief commander. They knew he was the one that called the shots. But they had no relationship with him 
other than they knew who he was. If I get to Jesus, my world will be better. And I understand that. That's why a lot of people come to church. If I can go to church, then my world will be better. But here's what I want to show you here today. That's not the miracle of wholeness. So we leave with a temporal fix, but the cancer is still in our heart and mind that it never goes away totally. It just surfaces again in another way down the road. It don't ever just completely go away. That's why I said again in the beginning, we need complete deliverance in our mind and heart to become what God wants us to be. And when I say deliverance, I'm not using that in a term that you and I are devil possessed. There are some. But I'm not using it in that term. I'm talking about something that the enemy has put on your mind and your heart and now you believe this is the way it's always going to believe, believe, be and hopelessness sets in that it will never change. This thing will never go away. That's a lie from the enemy. And this scripture today proves that if you and I will turn to God in worship and true honesty, God will not only do the miracle of cleansing you, but God will do the miracle of making you whole. It's more than just you're the commander in chief. Everybody around here believes in Jesus. You say Jesus in the south and they go, yeah, yeah, I know about him. I've heard about him since I was a kid. I've heard about this or that. But that wasn't what Jesus was trying to do here with these ten lepers. Next verse. Have mercy, they cried. Have mercy. The first step was them looking at their their need of him. God, I need you today more. I cannot fix this. I cannot fix my situation. I can't fix my problem. I cannot fix my marriage. I cannot fix the sickness. I cannot fix the financial despair. And when they saw him, he said unto them, go show yourself to the priest. He didn't lay hands on them. He didn't say, come here, let me sprinkle some dust on you. He didn't anoint them with oil. He didn't call all the prayer warriors of the church and say, let's intercede. He told them to go to the priest. Why? Because the law said, you got to go show yourself to, to the priest and they will confirm whether this is real or not. Now watch, here's where it gets kind of thick. They were just doing what they had always been taught to do. They did it by command and not by spirit. It's like this, Brother Roger. I come to church because that's what I've been taught. But I never take advantage of the spirit of God. That's why I'm here. In other words, I come because I know that's what I'm supposed to do. I got to be faithful to the house of God. Or I, I, I live godly and holy because that's what the word of God said. But I never got the spirit of why I got to do or why I get to do what I do. So therefore, if I do it by commandment and I do it by methodical regiment machine work, I miss the work of the spirit. 
We're here, and I thank God for faithfulness. Please don't misread what I'm saying. But it doesn't do you and I a whole lot of good just to occupy a pew. Something from that pew to here has got to change. Why did I come? Because I need something more than just a cleanup job. I need something more than me just coming to church and still facing the same hell I got to face outside the building. I need something more. But we are so programmed in our mind. Hear me. It comes from denominationalism. It comes from uh, maybe a regimented mother and father that maybe you didn't never get their approval. So now you're seeking to get approval. And we, we, we adopt a mindset of, I've got to earn this. I've got to earn the miracle. I've got to get good to get God. If I get better, then maybe God's going to give me the miracle. No, 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 no. I'm not negating obedience. And obedience is our number one priority before the miracle. But once you and I have done our obedient part, I've done what I know to do. I've been faithful to God. I've walked with God. I've tried my best to live for God. I'm not perfect. But I understand this. I've got to now have a transferring from what I've done to what he is. That God's a provider. And God will take care of me no matter what may We're just following the law. Law said, You got to go to the priest, Brother Daryl, and you got to go show yourself to them, and they will be the stamp. And they acted on what he said. Another beautiful point. They didn't wait for him to come touch him, Brother Wade. They did what Jesus said to do. Another step to them being whole but they were not. I want you to see the picture from the beginning and I want you to see the deviate. Let me slow down long enough. I want you to see where they deviated. They did it all right from the beginning. Jesus, commander in chief, they gave honor to him. He says, get up and go to the priest. They get up and they head to the priest. But now, in route to the priest, the truth surfaces. The real core of the problem really surfaces on the way to them doing the regimented thing to do. I hope I'm making sense, Brother Joe. I'm for them going to the priest. I'm for us following everything that the Word of God says. But when I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, I need to realize there's something in me that may surface and I better be quick to respond on really what the core of the problem is. Because those men took off and as they went, they were cleansed. Now here it is. Watch. The pain stops. Here's where most of us stop in our relationship with God. Right here. The pain stops. We come to church because we have to. We get a little touch of God, a little hook of Messiah. Something happens. We feel a little Holy Ghost, a little goose bump, and we feel good. And here's what happens. The pain stops. And then three weeks later, the problem surfaces again in another way. Their pain stopped. They're cleansed. When they get there, they're cleansed. It's over. The leprosy stopped. Now, the hands didn't grow back yet. 
All that happened was the sickness stopped. The bacteria stopped. The pain stopped. And here's what else it means, Brother, Brother Daryl. It means they can return back now to normal life. No problems. I'm back in my position. Come on, let's take it down really where we are. When God does a little bit for you and I and, and, and we feel a little good, we don't, quite, we don't pray quite as much. We don't really focus on God quite as much. And here's what happens. We start trying to get back in our old position again. We try to get back into how he wanted to get, they wanted to get back into society. It's almost like I can't wait to get to the house so I can sit with everybody around the family table again. When really God may have separated you from that family for a reason. But yet there ain't no more pain now. There's no more suffering now. And now I can kind of get back into my flow. I can, get, I can resume my prestigious position again that everybody just kind of dotes on me again that, hey, I was a great businessman. But this stupid leprosy made me lose it. Again, I say interchange flesh, a natural miracle, and sin. Sin does the same thing to you and I. It separates us. The remedy is the blood of Jesus to wash us and cleanse us. But it don't stop with just his blood. He gives you and I the Holy Ghost that we could be made whole again. And regeneration can take place. Regeneration is what? Something begins to grow that was dead. Something that was lost by sin begins to grow back again. We need it in the spirit and we need it in the natural. We need miracles of wholeness in the natural. And we need the miracle of wholeness in the spirit. Now, if you want to just walk around with no fingers and toes and get your position back, my hat's to you. But if you want to be made whole in mind and spirit and body, it's going to take something more. And if you ain't willing to pay that price, this is where the Bible says, for scarcely a righteous man is even going to make heaven. You ain't going to make heaven just because you sit on that pew. I'm not going to make heaven because I preach it. Me and you are going to make heaven because we realize I've got to have a relationship with God and I've got to serve God and I've got to be committed to God. You can't be committed on the weekend and then you're off on doing something else on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. You're just being cleansed and your problems are going to stay there. But if you want a complete whole miracle, then you've got to be committed to him and glorify him as God on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. We've birthed this pseudo-Christianity. It's not hardness, it's truth. Your mama would flip over in the grave right now if she'd hear some of the stuff that's happening in churches. She wasn't raised that way. She was dedicated, committed. And this old boy now is cleansed. The pain stopped. The trouble's gone. Everything's going good. And he starts going back to family. And watch. This right here was an indictment against me, Brother Darrell. Next verse. And one of them, one, 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 Brother Charlie. Now, folks, come on, listen to me. For scarcely a righteous man going, one, got it right out of 10 
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That means our little group right here, only one of us was made whole. I feel sorry for you, Sister Becky. I feel sorry for you, Sister Bushnell. But he got it, and you didn't. You know why? Here it is. This is what God gave me sitting in my office. I wrote it down on a paper. Why did the miracle not come? God did not fail. God does not fail. We failed in our response and commitment to him. And from that is boss birth, is pseudo-Christianity. That's why people don't like this kind of preaching. Because it calls them into accountability and responsibility and they know they got to make a decision. They're like, no, no, no. I'm going to go to another church that won't do that to me. That just preaches love and agape and then you can just be, think you're saved and really you're lost. Come on, I wish I had a preaching church with me tonight. But I learned from this lesson, Sister Bushnell, that one of them turned back and he was healed and watch. And with a loud voice glorified. That's what it's all about. Glorified. It comes from the, the root of glorified. It comes from the word glory. Glory is a noun. It means the full weight of God in the original Hebrew. Resting. That's what was on Jesus. The full weight of God's power. Doxa. It rested on Jesus and in Jesus. What's glorified? Glorified is a verb in the Hebrew, in the Greek here. And what it means is this, Brother Daryl. It's coming to him and giving him honor, but to a degree and a level that it's not only you know what he is, he's doxa. But when you begin to act, that's why people that say we can have silent church, there's no worship, no praise, prayer is some silent prayer. There ain't no scripture in the Bible for any of that. This verse right here proves worship is a verb and it's motion. If you want to get something from God, you and I have got to move toward God. And when you move toward God, you're going to get a miracle of wholeness that you never got before now watch you can't just move today and don't move again for 20 years if so you'll be like the nine it's just going the problem's going to surface down the road because we never dealt with the real issue but one realized I've got to glorify him Here's what he's saying. I'm glorifying him. I'm going to, in a verb, I'm going to move to him. Here it is, Sister Bushnell. God was, Jesus was already doxa. He was already glory. But when the guy moved to the glory and began to act upon what he knew God was, he got a revelation of what God could do. It conjoined with what God was. I'm trying to tell somebody here today, you may have an understanding of who God is, but let me tell you who and what he can do. He's a healer from the head of... He's a deliverer, but you've got to glorify him and move toward him if you're going to see his glory. It ain't going to come because you're a good man, Mike. Nick, it ain't coming because you've been good and faithful and you've given. It ain't coming because of that. Yo, sure, God looks at that and he'll give honor to it. But the miracle of wholeness will only come back to the church and individuals 
that won't short sell Jesus. Y'all know what that word means. Go to the barn. I'm going to short sell this. I got an old cow I need to get rid of. I'm going to short sell it. I'll take for whatever I can get because I need to move the old heifer. Don't you look at your husband and wife right now. It's a short sale. Don't short sale Jesus. Because you're desperate today, don't you walk out on that marriage today. Because you're, you're, you're desperate for a miracle, don't you give up on them kids yet. Because you're desperate for a miracle, don't you throw in the towel on your salvation. Don't you throw in the towel on the Holy Ghost and being baptized in Jesus' name and say, it just don't work. No, you're like the nine lepers. I'm trying to encourage you today. Somebody rise up and say, I can't just do that. I've got to return back to the commander-in-chief and worship and glorify him. hardest lessons to ever learn as a young couple is short sale Jesus because when things don't work out like you want that job don't work out like you want the pressure of that family is on you and you need money pressure you know what I'm just going to go do something else and you make a decision brother Tenny taught this and I've lived by it sister Bush now don't make a decision in the midst of conflict in a valley you sit tight until you hear the voice of God then when you hear his voice, you go, you say, well, I ain't never heard it. Then sit tight and ask for it and you'll hear it. That's the problem with today. We got Burger King religion. I want it my way. God, you're going to give it to me now. God says, no, I'm going to sit on you and you're going to wait. You're going to learn that by patience you possess your soul. There's salvation in you being patient and waiting on God. And if you'll be patient and wait on him, when he shows up, just be the one that rises to the occasion and turns back and says, I'm going to glorify you, not just for stopping the pain, but that I could. Esau short sold God. Jacob and Esau, he comes in from hunting, and there's old Jacob with a pot of a bowl of porridge yeah hungry come in from a hunting fit ready to eat some backstrap he come in and he let his old carnal appetite override a spiritual principle wait wait he said well I'm losing time oh lord Bless your heart. That spirit beat me up till I learned the lesson. I'm going to try to help somebody learn the same lesson. When you're in God's economy and kingdom, you don't lose time that you think. You're gaining things that you can't see. I thought I was losing time and losing things in San Francisco. My God, my kids ain't never been no Disney World, Brother Savon, Brother Langley, Brother Mike. My kid ain't never been no Disney World. We didn't go on a family vacation until they were, what, 10, 9? Where did we go to that big vacation? Legoland. That was an amusement park or something. They ain't never been to no Disney. And I thought, man, my kids are so deprived they don't get to be with Mickey or Minnie. I'm serious. I felt like a horrible parent. I'm like, my God, everybody else is bringing their kids to Disney. Just Bush now, I couldn't go. I didn't have two pennies to rub together. But you know what I did, Sister Bush now? I took them to the park every day I could. And we threw the football, we threw the frisbee, and we played. Yeah, I don't remember how old they were the exact time on the vacation, but I promise you this. They didn't go when they were three and four and the little girls could dress up like princesses. 
I didn't have that. And the enemy beat me up, Brother Wade. Look, I ain't against anybody. You take them when they're three days old. I could care less. My point to it is he beat me up, Zach, and told me I'm losing time over my kids. I'm losing memories because in my mind it had to be grand. And them kids don't care about grand. They care about you spending time with them. now I look at both of my kids thank God to God be the glory they're living for God it ain't because of anything that I it surely ain't because I took them to Legoland or Disney World I want to believe it's because they were, we were there when they needed us the most and if you and I can just be there when our family needs us the most then I promise you this something will change for you and I and what we look like we're losing we're really gaining way down the road musicians y'all come come I'm closing and one of them when he saw that he was healed turned back and he glorified God when he acted upon he didn't short sail it brother Wade like Esau did he gave up because of the short term fleshly carnal desire and it, afford, it cost him his inheritance those nine boys now go to the next verse I, I'm going to close here's it. and fell down on his face here's what he did it shows you his worship and he gave thanks. He's a Samaritan, Brother Roger. Here's what it tells me. He ain't no theological thumper. He didn't know nothing about the Bible. He just knew, if I want God, I got to be honest before God. You don't have to have a complete knowledge of the vows, the don'ts, the, the, the do nots, the shall nots, the have, the me nots, whatever they are. But if you can perceive that the Spirit of God is in this place today and you can respond to that Spirit in worship and glorify Him, something will happen. The indictment was when Jesus responded and said, Where are the nine? It's almost like Jesus is saying to us in 2023, I've cleansed you. I've done so much for you. Why can't you just keep living for me committed all the way through the year? Why do I have to do a miracle for you today? And then three weeks later, you just go right back down. Why don't we deal with the heart of what it's causing or causing me not to be what God wants me to be? Why don't we face the, what's the elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about? Is it perversion? Is it uh, unfaithfulness? Is it anger? Is it bitterness? Is it lack of prayer? Is it lack of commitment? Jesus said, where are they at? And he's saying it again in 2020. Where is my church at? I've done so much for you. But the greatest thing I wanted to do for you was the miracle of wholeness. But because you were so busy trying to restore your position... And let everybody know how successful you are again or how, how much your family is great or how much you've got to keep your image. or I don't know. You fill in the blank. You missed the miracle of wholeness that all it took was for you to stop and go, this ain't about me being restored to society and the pain stopping. This is me about going back to you and realizing who you are and what you can do. Does that make sense, Brother Sean? We get so caught up in even our services as Pentecostals. Woo yeah, we do all that and we need to do it. And then all of a sudden, 
we go right back to the same old life Monday and Tuesday. Next verse. And Jesus answers, were there not ten? Were there, where, where was the nine? I, I cleansed ten, but only nine got so caught up in the moment that they missed. Next verse. They're not found. Here's what Jesus' whole beef was. They, there are not found that return. Let me paraphrase it for you. They couldn't even see what this was about. It was about giving glory to me. You're so worried about giving glory to yourself. That's what happens in churches. This is where we've lost it, folks. Can I just be blunt and plain today? This is why we've lost it in churches, Brother Ken. We t- that would be like, Sister Lisa, Sister Ashley, y'all can't be the choir leaders no more. Y'all got to sit for six months. Did I sin? Nope, no sin. You just got to sit. And I'm being hyper-exaggerating here, okay? Y'all, they're fine. Don't, nobody go home and start no rumor meal, Brother Sister Lisa and Brother Ashley and them, are, or Sister Lisa and Ashley. Don't, don't just settle. Settle. Just sit for six months. Watch. Well, I just don't know why. I'm doing a good job. Was the glory about the position or was the glory about him? And you can always tell what the glory is about in anybody, whether it be the church or the world. You let you let somebody come up, some young whippersnapper, Brother Darrell, let's pretend you're working again. Some young guy come up and he got more degrees than a thermometer and he steps in and they bump you aside and they give the position to you. Or it's to him. And you're looking at it going, well, this just ain't fair. Now, rightfully so, it's not. But were you, was your identity sold up and the glory was all about you and your position? Or was it about the company as a whole? That's secular. Let's bring it to the church. I want everything that I do, whether it be preaching, singing, serving, it don't matter what it is. I want it to all be about the glory of the Lord. I don't want to be in that nine. Because Jesus said, they missed the lesson. It's about glorifying me. And when you glorify me, come here, little Johnny, the one Samaritan, come here. I'm going to tell you what happens when you glorify me. Now look. Look at all them nine over there. Boy, they just having a great day today. But they ain't got no fingers. They ain't got no toes. The bacteria stop, but they're still crippled. You know what, Johnny? You're a Samaritan. You glorified me and worshiped me when you didn't even know what it was. But you were willing to commit that to me. You weren't worried about that. You were worried about me. I tell you what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to make you whole. Fingers start growing. Ear come back. I wonder if those nine back there came back in and they go, well, now, how did you do that? You got people in the church looking at other people in the church saying, why are you so blessed? I'll tell you why. They're not jealous like you. Oh, oh, Sunday morning is done. Off to the new year. We're off to the races. (laughs) Uh, This is why I loved evangelizing, just meddling. Because I see it on some of you. And you're not getting the miracle of wholeness. And God sent me here in a pastoral role, lovey-dovey here today to say, you can be made whole today. You can be made whole. 
You don't have to look at, you don't have to be part of the nine going, I just missed it. There's still time. Return back to him. Glorify him and let God make you whole in your body. I'm telling you, there's miracles physically in this building today. There's miracles of salvation in this building today. Stand with me all across this building. Lift your hands. God, I'm asking you right now. Is there anybody that's in that pew today that you need the miracle of wholeness? I'd run to this altar here today. I wouldn't wait for them to hit the right cue. I'm ready for them to sing now. They can take off whenever they want. But this service and altar call is already in process. If you need the miracle of wholeness today to your mind, body, soul, whatever you have need of, we're going to pray the prayer of faith. But I want us to start, first of all, lifting our hands and let's all repent together. Because the greatest miracle that could ever happen is that sin is removed. And wholeness to the spirit and communion between you and God can come back again. Come on, lift your voice with me right now. Let's repent today. God, forgive me of everything I've done. Forgive me of things I've said. Come on, you put it in your own words. I can't repent for you. I can pray the prayer of faith for you. But you got to repent in your own. God, forgive me of my anger. Forgive me of my doubt. Forgive me of my unbelief. Forgive me for my inconsistency. Forgive me of my fear. Forgive me of my doubts of sin. Forgive me, God. Come on, we all have it. I'm the preacher and I'll confess to you. I'm not afraid to admit it. I've had doubt. I've had fear. I've had unbelief. God, forgive me of that. God, forgive me today. Come on, lift your voice right now. God, forgive me. God, forgive me of these things. The miracle of wholeness is fixing to come some people in Indian Village today. Wholeness of mind, wholeness of body. There's a miracle physically for somebody in this building today. Some mama, some daddy, lift your hand. Recommit yourself to God today through repentance. Come on, talk to him right now. Come on, they're fixing to sing. Talk to him right now. Jesus, I need you right now. I need you right now. My family needs you. We need you more than anything in this world, God. I'm not seeking the wholeness. I'm seeking you. Come on, seek him right now. Seek him. Don't seek the miracle. Don't seek the problem. Seek him right now. Seek him right now. God, I need you right now. Come on, let go of the past. So you were molested. So you were beat. God can heal and deliver you from all of these things. Don't let your future be robbed because of your past. Something's going to move in here in a moment, not because of my prayer, but because you're ready to receive it. Lift your hands right now. Father, by the authority of the name of Jesus and faith in the word of God, we as a people declare, and I release upon them now, the miracle of wholeness to the mind. Depression's got to go. Fear's got to go. The past stronghold has got to go. Healing to the body. I release it now, God, today. Miracles in the body today her heart disease stroke God heal it now the blood heal it in Jesus name we pray come on 
on, lift your voice, worship him and glorify him right now. Come on, I can't take it no further. It's what I said in the beginning. It's up to you today. You've got to take it to that next place. You've got to glorify him. I can't. One's going to get it. One's going to get it. Two's going to get it. Maybe ten's going to get it. I hope all of us get it. But your glorifying him determines the who. Before this story was told, his disciples said to him, they were right there with him in the miracle, all 12. And before this miracle took place, I want you to hear what they said. They said, Master, increase our faith. Now faith cometh by hearing and hearing of the word of God, I know that. But they saw the word in action. And when they saw the word in action and the response by the leper to that word, they saw the miracle of holiness. Brother Fontenot, could it be the increasing of our faith? It's not by just signs and miracles. I've always taught that. Signs follow them that believe. I'm not seeking the sign. I'm a believer. And as a confirming factor that I'm a believer, signs follow us. I got that. But when you see the word in action, the miracles take place. I'm telling you, there's people that's going to start coming to this church that their mind is going to be so messed up. Meth. I've done witnessing. I remember we prayed for Wes DeBrier. He came out. Some of you might not remember. He prayed about him. He passed away. God didn't heal him of the cancer. But I'll tell you what he did do. God did do. When he, I first met him 30 years, 30 years ago, Brother Fontenot, his brain was so fried on marijuana and meth, he did this all the time. He couldn't stop. His head shook, 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 shook. When God filled him with the Holy Ghost, that shaking stopped. He got a good job as a manager working for the parish, made money, got a home. God is going to heal these people's minds that they've messed up or people has messed them up. There's a healing of wholeness coming to the church before Jesus comes. I want to be right in the middle of it. What about you? Throw your hands up one more time and thank God for his word and his presence here today. Jesus, I thank you for your word, your revelation, your understanding.